This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where each week we preview and review all the big business and market stories with Oanda Senior Market Analyst from around the world. And today it is Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. We've seen the FTSE rise for the third week in a row. Uh, a slightly softer week. Made a little bit of a recovery today. So that's three weeks consecutively that the FTSE has gone up. And I suppose all eyes on the big announcement on Monday, the much trailed announcement of what is going to happen re-COVID restrictions. And Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, set to make that announcement on Monday afternoon. The markets have been a little bit touchy this week. I think uh, we... The, we we can see that the nerves are starting to creep in. We saw it earlier this year, back in January, um, uh, and I'm talking now as if it's November, and it's obviously only February, but it has felt like a long time already. Uh, but we saw the kind of taper tantrum type uh, worries creeping in. We were seeing bond yields rising, and that affected sentiment. And we've seen some of the same this week. In fact, the US bond yields on the 10-year, the, the rise has accelerated this week. And I think that's just made people a little bit nervous. Why is why is it that they're rising? We're looking now at a turbocharged recovery as it is. $1.9 trillion in, in stimulus likely to come from Washington as well. And, uh, and, and or maybe slightly lower if it's paired back ever so slightly, but still an extraordinary stimulus package to come as well. And the inflation fears are starting to rise, which means the potential for uh, tapering of asset purchases and higher uh, rates. And um, that seems to be knocking sentiment a little bit or has done at times this week. But we are seeing a little bit of a rebound today. So a decent end of the week. And as, as you say, overall, I think the stock markets are still in a very healthy position. Uh, and we're seeing here in the UK, things are performing quite well. The FTSE is actually underperforming a little today. But I think that's largely due, due to the strength that we're seeing in the in the pound. We know that that inverse correlation exists. We're also seeing things like crude oil uh, pulling back as well at the moment and has been for a couple of days. So maybe that's impacting energy stocks, etc., uh, which uh, has a heavy weighting in the FTSE as well. So that I think that's having an effect. But I think there is still a lot more optimism now around the UK. And don't get me wrong, we're coming from a low base. The UK, one of the hardest hit economies uh, as a result of the pandemic over the last 12 months, 9.9% contraction in 2020. Um, but things are looking a lot more optimistic. We got the Brexit deal at the end of the year, and there has been obviously struggles uh, in certain areas since the turn of the year. But Equally, we are now seeing a vaccine rollout, which is uh, doing better than most countries. Uh, and now there is a lot more optimism uh, that we are going to see the, the economy starting to reopen. And we can start to see that turbocharged recovery that we've talked about. What makes it turbocharged is the fact that we've seen furlough schemes in many countries. So therefore, employment is being supported almost as well as it can uh, be. Uh, we've seen that the aggregate savings have risen, so there is the the cash there for consumers to spend more money when the opportunity presents itself. And we're, I think in the UK, spending has actually been restrained a little bit more than in a number of other countries, which may suggest that there's even that extra bit of capability on that front. All we need is for things to actually reopen so that money can be spent. And the vaccines are the door to that. We've seen COVID cases and fatalities coming right down as a combination of the lockdowns and the vaccines takes uh, effect. And now, as you say, we're going to hear from Boris Johnson on Monday, laying out the plans for the reopening, starting with schools, maybe as early as two weeks time, um, following the announcement 
and then it's a case of what comes next. When will non-essential stores open? When can I get my hair cut again? When can we go out to a restaurant again? And then eventually when we'll be able to go to pubs and use other hospitality um, uh, facilities. Uh, and, and at that point, we can start to imagine a booming economy again once people can go outside uh, can can mingle with friends and family uh, and spend some of this pent-up uh, cash. Now, uh, obviously, that's on an aggregate level. There's going to be plenty of people who have been hard hit over the course of the last 12 months. Uh, but this is where attention will now spend turn to the kind of recovery side of things and how unemployment can be driven uh, back down. But it starts with that announcement on Monday and the plans that are being laid out. It'll be interesting to see how those restrictions are eased. I mean, you mentioned haircuts. I could do with a haircut, but actually I'd much rather my kids went back to school on March the 8th. And the way things are looking, certainly the primary schools, they'll go back. So that'll be a big symbolic moment. And then he will probably do a graded easing of those restrictions in terms of uh, non-essential retail, travel as well, of course. Um, although I wouldn't expect him to say too much about travel because that's you know a good two or three months away before the summer holidays. Maybe Easter, we can forget about it, apart from staycations in this country and probably very similar in the United States and most of the other countries of the world. But this announcement is not only political, it's uh, not only about the country, it is about the economy more than anything else. It is about the economy more so than anything else. But if you look at the the... The, the areas that have been hardest hit during this pandemic in terms of being shut down, you are looking at things like travel, tourism, uh, hospitality. Um, they are going to be desperate, desperate for uh, these measures to be eased prior to the summer because the later into the summer it gets, you're taking away potentially a really important period. This is a really important period in any normal year. But at a time when most of these have, when most of these industries have completely ground to a halt, the earlier that we can get them open, the better it's going to be for them, the more that we will see survive. And the more, uh, the more of this kind of pent-up uh, spending that we can see directed towards the industries that have suffered the most over the course of the last 12 months. So this announcement Monday can be so closely followed to try and see what kind of a reaction we can get uh, and what kind of and how these industries are going to uh, fare going forward because I think it's not only out of people out people don't just want to burst out their houses I think they really want to get out there at this point uh, and lots of people saying they need a holiday and things like that uh, so I think eyes are going to be really glued uh, to the TV screens for that uh, announcement on Monday of course they're going to be flexible because the one thing that we've learned through the last 12 months is that the panda that this pandemic is at times unpredictable but as i say what we've seen so far has been extremely encouraging and it really feels like the light at the end of the tunnel just seems to get brighter and brighter by the week and like i said i think that's evident in the numbers still a long way to go um but early signs um are certainly very promising having said that it is clarity that markets and companies and people want and i can't imagine it's going to be that clear apart from maybe the schools and some of the non-essential shops you talked about the travel industry but unless there is an absolutely distinct roadmap and he gives certain dates i can't see that the uncertainty will not continue 
I think they're probably just going to use loose terminology. So we're going to aim for this. We're going to aim for that. And should this um, this progress as we expect, then we aim to have this open by this point. And I imagine they're probably not going to be ur- they're going to be urging people to not jump the gun in making uh, certain bookings. Although it's hard to say because we have heard differing views from. Uh, from government over the course of the last few weeks with respect to holidays as an example of that on the one side on the one hand you want to urge caution you want to tell people that we can't guarantee that this is going to be possible at this point we hope it is and we're heading in the right direction and the, the progress that we're making now should enable it to be so but we can't guarantee it and therefore you need to be aware but equally on the other hand that it's going to be very hard for them to tell people do not book these holidays because then you do have travel companies who are saying, why are you doing this to us? We need the business. We have suffered hard enough. We need people to be able to go on holiday and we need people to get their bookings in. So it's a real, as, as with, everything of over, uh, over the course of this pandemic it's it's a really difficult balancing act and uh it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of gets leaked over the next couple of days because these things always have leaks um and then obviously like i say eyes will be glued to the tv screen on monday there's a chance of apparent tax rises in this budget uh, coming up in the uk in less than two weeks time this is the rumor out of chancellor rishi sunak's office and we've seen the UK government borrowing hit £8.8 billion last month. That is the highest January figure since records began in 1993. That certainly reflects the cost of the, the pandemic support uh, measures. And it's the first time in 10 years that more has been borrowed in January than collected through tax. And if you think about self-assessment returns, uh, that is extremely unusual. But these aren't numbers that the Chancellor will particularly find uh, appetizing and he's gonna have to raise taxes surely it's not gonna be appetizing but it's actually better slightly than uh, what was expected coming into this month and it does seem that over the course of the, the year that they're going to borrow a little less than they were expecting that doesn't necessarily mean it frees anything up don't get me wrong uh, but uh, and and tax rises are going to be likely uh, in the uh, in uh, maybe next year or so um, but it, it's a case of where of always with this if, if there is going to be announcement of tax rises in the budget i think it's going to be on very niche very specific areas and i don't think it's going to be anything that's going to potentially disrupt the recovery because i think that's the last thing businesses need is the last thing consumers households need um and therefore it would be an extremely strange decision uh to to do anything that could jeopardize the recovery after the the year that we've all just had i think 2022 is going to be the most likely time when we're going to see any unpopular tax hikes uh, wherever that may come whether that does come from capital gains tax or, or or income taxes or anything like that because at that point the recovery will will, will have gathered ahead of steam it will we'll know much more about um, how strong it's been and what position we're in and where the unemployment rate etc is at and we can start to think more about um, about bringing that deficit down and about bringing uh, overall debt down over the coming years but even more importantly even more importantly uh with these decisions politically it's a good year as well uh, to announce that because you'll be right in the middle of uh, an election cycle so that you're kind of giving it time uh, to pass for the the anger and fury of to pass before the next election so i think 2022 is more likely to be when we're going to see any kind of significant tax 
uh, hikes rather rather than uh, in this particular budget, but that doesn't mean that he won't slip a few in in areas that most people uh, will not uh, see as being too problematic. I want to talk to you about Bitcoin, one of your favourite subjects, of course. <laughs> and uh, while you were away, because I didn't speak to you uh, for a few days, it hit the $50,000 mark, and now it's hit another record high. What is it at the moment? So it's just shy of $55,000. Um and it, 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 it's, it's, it's a funny time for Bitcoin. It's, there's so much positive news flow, and that's really what's driving lots of this. And it's, it's different than what we had back in 2016, 2017. It, it's very much more fundamentally based on, on positive factors. So whether that's Tesla investing uh, uh, $1.5 billion, whether it's uh, other companies looking to uh, raise cash in order to invest, which I still find to be a, a very... Uh, a very strange uh, move or, or whether it is other companies looking to facilitate uh, Bitcoin. Uh, all of these things are very positive in terms of um, in terms of the journey that Bitcoin is on. Uh, the, obviously, it, we're still in a stage though where there's going to be a lot of cynicism and, and it's understandable companies using uh, company cash to invest in Bitcoin is always going to uh, attract a, a few uh, raised eyebrows because it's still a highly speculative uh, instrument. It's still extremely volatile. It's still extremely risky. Uh, and um, ultimately, it doesn't. It still doesn't really do anything. Um, and then uh, I think when you're looking at a number of these companies that are facilitating, they, they seem to, in, in many cases, it just seems to be almost facilitating more people to be able to speculate on it. And so therefore, it's almost hard to get away from the kind of speculative kind of uh, reputation that it that it, it still very much has. Um, but it's all positive because it's still big names accepting Bitcoin, and that's the uh, that that's the, still the important thing. That's why we're seeing the excitement and we're seeing the enthusiasm uh, within the price. But obviously, there has to come a point when uh, you would think that we're seeing these really, really extraordinary gains on, on on a weekly basis. And at some point, you wonder whether the question is just going to be asked: Is has this gone too far? And at this point in time, it doesn't seem to be that the questions are being asked. So we're at fifty, close to fifty-five thousand now. Uh, two weeks ago, we were below forty thousand. Two weeks before that, we were around thirty thousand. I mean, how long till we're hitting sixty thousand, seventy thousand, a hundred thousand? It's 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 so hard to know, and you just the way this moves, it's just fascinating uh, to follow. And um, who knows where we'll be? I mean, uh, the the thing with Dogecoin is to the moon, right? I mean, who knows? We're, we're, it, how how far can it go? And if it falls, how far can it fall? Um, and more so than any other instrument, it almost feels impossible to predict. And finally, Craig, what should we look out for for the coming days and the week ahead? There isn't actually that much uh, to look out for next week. There's a few events which I would highlight. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Boris Johnson on Monday. We'll hear from uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell uh, on Tuesday uh, and on Wednesday, his semi-annual monetary policy report hearing uh, in front of the Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Services Committee. So that will be Tuesday, Wednesday. The only thing I'll say about this is it typically tends to be extremely scripted. The questions can get quite political uh, and therefore um, I imagine there'll be a lot of questions to him about the $1.9 trillion stimulus package, for example. Um, so 
that's the but that's the key event, especially when we are seeing that little those jitters creeping into the markets. I imagine there'll be some questions which are directed towards uh, that. We've got the uh, RBNZ uh, monetary policy decision on Wednesday, um, and apart from that, it's. Uh, GDP US Thursday um, uh, and a few then low tier data points um, UK UK uh, jobs report as well in there um, but it's it's mainly kind of mid-tier uh, low to mid-tier economic data on uh, aside from that and that still sounds like a lot it is still a fair work but I think really the key for next week is going to be what we've discussed it's going to be the 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 movement that we see in those yields and what that continues to do to sentiment and let's face it bitcoins going nowhere indeed We'll have a very good weekend and we'll speak to you again same time next week. Thanks, you too.